Do we need to have a conversation about the fact that uh, generally I'm not a huge advocate of, of this topic on the show, um, but do we need to have a conversation about the fact that um, that certain bunch of asshats is sitting in 20th? I think no. it'll just come up. In short, all that we really need to talk about that lot across town being in 20th is this is the part where we throw our heads back in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> rebuilding job energy you know great to see you hello Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. Spurs are top of the table. Mind the gap, please. And thank you. It's another 1-0. And the existential question remains, would you take 38 1-0 victories over anything else? And of course, yes is the answer to that question. I don't care how stressful or boring it looks or becomes. That is the answer. Uh, you can follow us at Tottenham Depot. You can follow me at Aesthetica. It's another full house this week. We've got the whole lot of gents in the studio we start off by going up to the great pacific northwest and talking to our friend scott at dsm spurs scott how's it going my friend got one thing to say like in <laughs> top of the league baby tottenham has won the premier league and i'm pouring a glass of champagne baby let's fucking go yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't think that audio was gonna work as well as it did but you could really hear that thing pop and strong that was that was, that was quite enjoyable actually <laughs> Uh, we've got, also got Man, Shuban actually, from across. I'm actually drinking this. Let's fucking go. Yeah, he's actually for for you cannot see this, but he's actually pouring a glass of champagne into a you know, and he's going to drink a glass of champagne at the <laughs> at the end of at the end of August uh, to celebrate. It's pretty great. And we're Scott gonna, Dumas, I love we're it. Gonna, we're gonna embrace it too. Uh, Shuban's with us as well at the real Shuban. Shubs, how's it going, mate? You know what? Not not only we kings North London, the kings of the Premier League right now. Fuck you, Woolwich. <laughs> there we go. We've also got the Todd father in the house at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, how's it going, mate? I'm amazing. Any day that you get to talk about Tottenham being top of the league is a good day. But my favorite part about that Shubon intro is as we were discussing this before going live, he was the one that was like, no, 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 let's let's be pretty low-key on, on, on the Woolwich situation. So to have you come out firing that hot, Shubes, well, makes me super I'll excited say, for I'll, the I'll energy we're bringing to the show today. I'll always say that. I'll always I'll say that. It. Well, as you should. Fuck Woolwich, no doubt. But uh, anyhow, the juxtaposition of, of, of those two instances was amazing. We won. Um, it wasn't particularly pretty. If you listen to the Peacock broadcast, it was pretty drab um, and uh, accidental. So according yeah. to them. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't really care. 38, one no wins is, is still 38, one no wins. Andrew? Fine by <laughs> me. Uh, we've also got Dakota in the house at Dakota J. Booth. Dakota sporting, uh, a, as we were also talking about before the show, a Ryan Fitzpatrick F quaffed hairdo and beard and he just looks uh, like a million bucks today it's a real shame this video is not going to make it out to the public isn't it that's exactly or is what it, i was thinking or is it a good thing you know Spurs i mean top of the league. if you really want we can we can make the the podcast image just a, a screenshot of your beautiful face we can do that we have the power um <laughs> we do have the facilities for that is that what you're saying yes. yeah we do have the facilities big man uh Tottenham Hotspur 1, Watford 0 is the result today that we are here to to discuss. Um, A very similar lineup to what we've seen in the first two Premier League matches. Uh, Just the one change, and that is, of course, Harry Kane coming in for Lucas Moura. Uh, Steven Bergvine wins out for the other winger spot over Lucas. But back line the same. uh, Three clean sheets on the bounce. uh, Tanganga, Sanchez, Dyer, Reguillon. Of course, Hugo in net. Uh, that mid that midfield three that we're going to come on to because I think it's 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 done the job but it can be improved as well. Hoybier, Skip, and Delhi, um, and then that front line: Hyungmin Son and and Steven Bergvine, and then Harry Kane up top, and of course Hyungmin Son getting the the match winner today, the goal. Um, and so when we look at this lineup, I, I guess I guess where we start is 
this has been good for three matches. This has been the results that we've had have obviously been good, but we also know that there's still players that are betting into this team that have, that have already been, you know, brought in during this window and there's still improvements that can be made. Um, Scott, I'll start with you. What's your, what's your takeaway from kind of what this, what this team has done with the lineup? Um, not only today against Watford, because again, it's been pretty similar to the first three Premier League matches. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he changed a whole lot. Obviously Kane played right, but I think tactically we were set up to, I don't want to say do the same thing, but definitely set up in a way that was, um, you know, designed to, to counter the opposition and not actually counterattack, right? But counterattack their, their approach or counter their approach. Jesus, too much champagne. But um, I think ultimately, no me, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, I will cite, cite Eric Dyer's interview as, as the best way to answer your question. And, and I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing from the squad right now is, and you and I talked this morning over the phone for a little while, Andrew, um, about this. And I don't, I don't think we're seeing anything other than much better leadership. Um, and I'm, and you know that me saying that is like, is, 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 is a quite a pivot, right? But um, Dyer made the comment, you know, he was like, right now, Nuno has just brought such a calming presence, you know, and, and a cohesiveness to this, to this squad that we desperately needed is what he said. I'm paraphrasing, right. But he was like, we just desperately needed that calming presence. And it was clear that he was saying, Things were very toxic and tumultuous, you know, prior, and and we're in a much better place. And Sanchez and Dyer haven't conceded a fucking goal yet, so clearly, like, it wasn't a lack of talent that that we were dealing with, right? It was it, it was something much bigger. And to answer your question all the way back, what I'm seeing from the squad is just a squad who's enjoying their football together in a way that we haven't seen since about this time last year when it all went to shit, you know, a couple months into the future, right around that December of, of 2020 when it all tanked, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that as we get into like kind of breaking down, you know, there's there's not a ton to break down in the match itself. I mean, this was a match that I think Spurs knew they were going to have much more of the ball than than Watford. Um, and and they And that was the case, of course. They had, I'm looking it up now, uh, 58% of the, of the, of the possession in this match. And I think they did enough with it. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't playing counterattacking football like they were the first two weeks against Manchester city and against wolves. Um, but they, they were, they were able to find something in the possession. Now that something was, you know, this is the other thing we kind of talked about on the phone earlier, Scott, you know, a set piece goal that really truthfully shouldn't have been. Um, it was really poor goalkeeping and you know we'll take it it's not one of those situations where you're going to give it back but um you know offensively i guess the question for me becomes is this a matter of you know harry kane's not not humming quite yet because this is his first premier league start and he's still getting fitness um more needs to be done by out on the wings by by son and bergvine and lucas when he eventually comes in um, Shuban, what, what, where's, is this team going to struggle to score goals like this? Because look, I'm not going to try and turn this podcast into negative land right off the bat. It's three wins from three and it's three, one nil victories, but you're going to need to score one more than one goal a game consistently, right? Throughout the preseason, uh, throughout the Premier League season, uh, in order to ha- find success. I think it's just that balance between being defensively strong and, um, finding that, uh, yeah, that's right. I still, we spoke about, I think, from um, uh, the Conference League um, playoff game. I think it's Nuno still figuring out his best team. Um, I was hoping to um, see Gio start. And cause obviously, uh, there's no way we can keep running Hoiberg and um, Oliver Skip as every DM every single game. It's just not impossible. You need to rotate them. So I think eventually we're going to have to bring in your Gio, maybe Tangi, if, if, if we can't shift him on. So I think eventually that's going to have to happen. And I think our defence, who's been really good, is going to have to learn to cope with having that little bit less protection. But I do but I do think if you're able to keep possession a bit better, you know, like a Geo, like a Tungi, then that kind of hopefully alleviates that pressure on the defence. It's, it's when the turnovers happen. That's how good is your defence then. That's what we haven't seen yet. So... I still, I, yeah, and obviously we'll talk about it later, but obviously Geo's going for off the internationals. So, um, and possibly, I don't know how Romero is going to be as well, because 
We saw on Thursday how aggressive he was. He got some really weird fouls called against him. But if you have that high line, that aggressive line, then maybe we can play just one DM. So I think, but obviously, we're looking, this is an evolving project. So I hate to use the word, the P word, but, you know, this is evolving. And so therefore, Noon is still working it out. Todd, you've been kind of the most outspoken member of the um, Stephen Bergvine needs to be better club. I'll call it that. It's because it's not, you know, you haven't been, you know, you haven't been trying to burn him at the stake, but you've been certainly trying to get him to kick on um, through your, you know, your, your angry words toward him, especially in our group chat. Um, is, is, it, is it as simple as him needing to be more clinical or does he just need to see less time on the pitch at this point? Well, I think that we, <clears throat> first off, I'd like to give a big shout to uh, Stacey T on Twitter um, for uh, her tweet today that said, uh, really fucking tired of Bergvine. Um, hashtag toys. Uh, and and my, my simple response to that was, um, you're, you're not the only one, uh, Stacey, because she's not. And the, the, the thing here, guys, is that we know exactly what Steven Bergvine is, and, and we're really thankful to have him as squad fodder, uh, depth. Um, but what I will absolutely tell you is that if Steven Bergvine continues to start for this team week in and week out, we're going to see the exact same thing that we've seen. Scotty made the point a few weeks ago that we have been jaded, uh, and, 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 and unfairly so to Stevie, to be fair, uh, by that Man City goal. And we've just been like, okay, we'll kick on and be fucking amazing. What's going on? And like, what we're learning is that amazing for Steven Bergvine um, is being very industrious, but not particularly having a fantastic end product. Um, he crosses into the box, went wanting. Decisions were either left unmade today, very indecisive in, in a lot of instances, or he picked out the wrong guy. Um, I just, I, I, it was hard to watch, man. It was hard to watch. And I think I think at this stage, to answer your question, Andrew, I think we're we need to see less. I think we need to see less. It 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 feels to me kind of like we're we're seeing almost the same debate we've been having for a year or two with that third spot of a front three, right? It, you've got Son and Kane; those are obvious, and then that third spot for a while. You know, we, we, thought it was, we thought it well for a while. We thought it was Lucas Mora, and then we thought it was Gareth Bale for for a brief moment. Yeah, that, um, that, yeah. And then you know, Stephen Bergman. Remember that? <laughs> and now perhaps it could even be Shuban's boy Brian Heal eventually. Um, you know, we saw him come in late into this one and make his Premier League debut, but uh, it just feels like it's going to be a rotation. It feels like it's going to be whoever has the hot hand. It's almost like um, it's almost like who you know those those bullpens in baseball who, who who's who's got the hot hand is going to close the game like oh, you just no. you just need that kind of you know if you have a closer by committee you have no closer though correct and that's kind of the problem i know dakota outside of of the the lack of of clinical um finishing in this match because we did not see a lot of clinical finishing even from even from Harry Kane, who had a couple of opportunities in this one to to tap one in, um, what are the things I guess that need to change? Whether it be midfield or I know it's hard to complain about defense, but Shuban brought up the the Christian Romero situation and how that's going to eventually play itself out. You did spend a pretty penny to bring that guy in. Who does he replace? Mm-hmm. Does he replace anyone? What are the changes that you see going forward from this team that that may or or may not need to be made in the short term? Yeah, so Steven Bergvine started today and he started on the left-hand side instead of the right-hand side because there is a certain guy named Ishmael Assar that is has pace to burn and Steven Bergvine was starting on that side to help Sergio Reguilon uh, try to contain that guy. So uh, I hate to tell you, you if you're part of the Steven Bergvine needs to be better club, but he's going to start next game against Crystal Palace too because they have a guy named Wilfred Zaha and we're going to need some help containing that guy too. So I also really like the idea of Lucas coming on 75 minutes in and running at tired defenders. I would rather see Lucas Mora do that than Steven Bergvine. Uh, so I don't think that that's going to change a whole lot until uh, Brian Heal gets bedded into this squad. And then I think it's going to be tough for him to not be on the starting sheet. Um, to answer your question though, Andrew, with the defensive stuff, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And we haven't 
given up a goal um, at all this season. Actually, our our expected goals conceded is only four. So it, it's not even teams are getting really good chances. Um, so I don't think we see anything change uh, back line unless we bring in someone like Emerson Royale from Barcelona and then things can get pretty fun because he can, he can slide into that kind of midfield right wing back spot. And then you've got Christian Romero in the middle of that back three who essentially because he likes to roam can play kind of a defensive midfielder role uh, in some ways. So things can get pretty fun and uh, it's going to be really tough for Nuno to pick a, his best starting 11, like Shuban's mentioning, it's tough for him to do that anyway right now, but Sometimes that's a good problem to have, and I think that's where we're at right now. Uh, even though it's been three one-nil wins, if you if you would have said at the end of August, Spurs are going to have nine points, everyone would have taken it. Yeah, and let's just keep rolling with this until we need to figure it out. Yeah, I I, I I'm just going to elaborate on, or, or really just say fuck yeah, spot on Dakota, and and, and jump on that a little bit there because I think. I think with Bergvine and Lucas, we're going to see two things to, to his first point earlier. If the team's going to get forward, Lucas is going to play. And if they're not, Bergvine's going to play. It's simple as that, right? Lucas will fucking roast you all day long if you're going to get forward. And we and like Dakota said, he came on today in the 70th minute-ish, right? It was phenomenal. We almost had a goal like they could not keep up with him at all, you know? So I love it. Bergvine just needs minutes. He's never played consistently. He's going to now. He'll be okay. Um, as far as what we do... We just need to fucking score goals and change nothing. And I think if we can just figure out a way to score goals, we're fine. And it goes back to my point about having two separate squads because the we, we're going to get into trouble when it comes time for us to need to rotate in the Premier League. And if we can avoid ever having to do that, we're going to be totally fine. I really think we are to make a run for top four. If we have to rotate in the, rotate in the Premier League, we're totally fucked. Like that's where I'm at right now. So something I would really love to see. Delhi's been playing great this season. I want to preface what I'm about to say with that. I've been really, really pleased with what I've seen from Delhi. I would be really interested to see Brian Heal start where Delhi has been playing uh-huh. and keep Steven mm. Bergvine in the uh-huh. squad um, because I think that could add an element to, I mean, you've got four players who could show up at any point in that front three or midfield and you're essentially defending with, you know, four or five, and then you've got six players ready to just attack when we have the ball. And Brian Heal is going to add that creative element that we think Delhi has that he doesn't. Um, so he doesn't have it. That could be pretty interesting moving forward. Maybe against a team we're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, I mean, against. I was thinking. So, uh, go ahead, shoot. I really want to see Delhi going back to his best position where he was actually playing off Harry Kane as a number 10 and mm. let Harry Kane be as far from as he wants forward and using, because I know D's seen a lot more severe than I have, but I really like this Brian Hill guy. He's not, um, people are comparing him to David Silva, which I think is ridiculous. David Silva is one of the best players the Premier League have had. So that's another thing that's a little bit premature, but there is something about him that he can buy time. He can beat the press. He can beat someone that's, and he can beat a man, but he has an eye for a pass. And I think he gives us that creativity, which we've missed since we lost Ericsson. I think he gives us that final third creativity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to push back you on Del, on that though for for yeah. a second here, shoes, because Delhi is not Delhi's not Ericsson. and I know that you're no, not no, saying. Brian I know Hill, you're not. You Brian think Hill's Brian but but even if you want Delhi to play further up, I, I think that what Delhi is doing right now in that more central role where he That's can incredible. he can press, he can so come much. up and press, yeah. but he can also do more defensive work. And and we've seen Delhi in the first three matches doing as much, if not more, defensive work than guys like Pierre Mihoyer and, and Oliver Skip. Mm. Um and he has that ability because he has the he'll run for days. He'll just He'll, he'll run back and forth, box to box. And I'm not saying that he's a box to box midfielder. He, he's more creative than that. But he is not, I don't think, going to be. And this is something we talked about, I believe, two weeks ago after the City match. 
he is not going to be the assistant goal man that people want him to be, but I think he's a better player than he has been for the last year and a half because he's not trying to do all <clears throat> trying to do all those things. I you know what I totally agree with that. The one question I have is um you know we keep wanting Brian Heal to 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 move inside, be that creative midfielder. We want that because that sounds exciting to us. Brian Hill is a left winger. He's a yeah. left-footed left winger. That is what he plays. And so yeah. like as much as we want him to like pl- like Yes, can he play off of the left and move inside creatively? Absolutely. But as we're looking at a formation, I honestly right now, I don't think Delhi for, for Brian is a like for like. I would say play yeah. Brian over Steven Bergvine. That's just me. Ask Delhi to do a little bit more defensively, and we'll see what Brian can do going forward. But I think the, the last point that I wanted to make on um on this lineup, Andrew, is is as much as if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, if you're, if you're not evolving, right, you're getting worse. So like what I'm saying is, is I think with all of the new pieces that we have in this team are potentially coming into this team. And with the fact that all of us collectively has said, Nuno doesn't really know what he, what he does and doesn't have. I think if this is, if we, if this is the same team that starts in, in week 38 of the premier league for Tottenham, I think we're going to struggle. I, I don't Agreed. I don't think that, that we're that's gonna a great be shout. what we want it to be. So no, that's a great shout. I want to go back to something Dakota said a second ago. Um you know, you brought up the, the possibility of a back three eventually coming in. And we know I I know that you're a proponent of the back three. You've <laughs> wanted a back three for a long time. Um and that could be, I think, something that would work in terms of especially if Dyer and Sanchez play as well as they have played especially especially davis and sanchez my goodness has he been it's three games small sample sample size alert is 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 here (laughs) but it's and and this will go to something that 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 scott said not too long ago i think davis we're learning what davis and sanchez can be when he doesn't have a coach telling him he's terrible um you know that that i think that might be part of this again small sample size alert but davinson has been very good in the first uh you know in, in August, he's been he's been good in this first handful of games. Um, hey, real quick, if you're gonna if you're gonna cite that that comment of mine, just please keep it to a minimum because there will be a breaking point for me, and I'll have to snap back a little bit. All right? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to point out, like, I absolutely agree with you. He has been exceptional. I, I even put in the chat today, he has been immense, and I've been on the fuck Davidson Sanchez train for a long, long time. So. But I, I want to make that point very, very clear that he has played uh, out of his skin for us the, the last couple of weeks. I do not know how confident I am in that being able to continue, gentlemen. But what what I will say is is having uh, a manager that doesn't tell him he's dog shit on a regular basis is definitely a plus. Um, and having a few uh, you know games under his belt so he actually feels confident. Yeah. And to be fair, having Eric Dyer playing as well as Eric Dyer can possibly play at this stage next to him um, has also gone well. They've developed yeah. quite a chemistry, and, and that partnership can't be understated. We do have to be careful, though, because Scott will will leave us for the Roma Depot if we continue to shit-talk Jose Mourinho. I know that's the case. <laughs> I will. Um, right. the, the, we getting won back the league to, in December under him. Don't forget that. Yeah, and now we've won, won the league in August. If we can win the league in each right, month. Did you pop champagne in December last yeah. year? You did not. No, this is different, man. This actually is this. We literally won the league this year. Last year, I was just fucking around. This year, I got you. I understand. Uh, getting back to the back three question, though, if Romero comes into a back three with with Sanchez and Dyer, and obviously there's a lot of caveat to that, you would need to have um, more wing back potential out of a guy like Jaffa Tanganga and even Sergio Reguilón to an extent. And and I don't think that that's there. But if if that were to happen, Dakota, I guess my question is. Who is your sacrificial lamb to make that happen out of the midfield or even out of out of the front three? Are you going to a two and only playing Sun and Kane and mixing in the other guys? Or are you sacrificing someone like Oliver Skip or Pierre Emil Hoybier or even Deli Alley in that scenario? Uh well, it design it it depends if we sign Ilax Moriba from Barcelona or not. <laughs> um but assuming that's not gonna happen, it it's Oliver Skip for the moment. Um, and he can continue to ply his trade and just absolute boss his way to helping us lift a European trophy. 
um, and an FA Cup and a Carabao Cup, and he can do the job there because, like Todd says, he's the class of the midfield. And if you have an opportunity to um, get to a more, uh, I, I'm going to say, sustainable formation and way of play in the Premier League, and you get to put someone in every 11 in Europe and in the domestic cups like Oliver Skip, I think you got to do it. Um, so reluctantly, I'll say Oliver Skip is going to be the first guy that comes out. Obviously, he's going to get Premier League minutes. He's going to be in that rotation. But also for balance, um, I think Oliver Skip makes the most sense to to start there. And then let's see how this thing goes. Scott, who was your man of the match today? Um, Sanchez for sure. But I do, but I, I do want to get on Stand. that back three train for just a second too. And I think I'll just say, I know why we're talking about this, right? Because that's what we do on these things. But for dramatic effect, I would just say, why are we talking about a back three? Like we haven't conceded a goal. We look fantastic. Like if we go to a back because three, I love a back three talk. I, I think and, and we didn't like, look fantastic. It, it flips everything, but it, we didn't look great. But we haven't like we have not conceded a fucking goal in three games against those three, are the facts. You're two right. Good teams and one whatever. Um, but I think Watford showed up. No, I, I, I they might, but uh, they very well team, might. But, but the other two teams that we played are very capable of scoring goals, and we look good. So I'm just gonna get out of that well, and say. You know, I don't you want to say, talk about a back three right now. You say that Wolves haven't scored a goal yet this season. I mean, fair. That's fair. They, I mean, they they haven't. And and uh, granted, it's almost three complete games for them. As we're recording this, they're at the late stages of their match against Manchester United. They have yet to score. Um, Paul Pop is filthy. Goodness. But but I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. it's one of those things where I, I I think we're talking about a back three just because of the possibility of it and because. Frankly, I think the reason we're talking about it is because Dyer and Sanchez have played as well as 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 they possibly could, and we're all impressed by it. And maybe even a little, we don't want to admit it, we're we're all surprised by it. And we know that Christian Romero is there, um, mm-hmm. and he's not going to sit on the bench all season. You know, these you guys don't are not going to coin to sit him on the bench. Yeah, these yeah. guys are not going to box him out the entire time. So it's it's kind of a what do you we- do to alleviate that thing? For me. I think that, and I agree with Todd's point, we, we haven't looked that great in some of these matches. I think against Manchester City, we looked great. Yeah. I think against Wolves and, and Watford, it's, it's been enough. We looked professional. It, we, we looked professional. Looked professional. That's, we a good, look that's, a, that's a good word for it. It's a good word for it. We have not looked outstanding. And I think part of the reason for that is not because of, of playing a back four. I think a big portion of that has to do with the midfield. And I think a big portion of that has to do with almost being – I, I was going to say too defensive in midfield, but maybe that's not the right term. I think that both Hoybier and Skip have abilities getting forward, but I think that playing them together is defensive. I think it's a little cool. bit too so, too conservative. I gotta I gotta speak on that, and the reason why is because I blame Delhi all day long. If you had someone that was actually playing a creative midfielder role, in addition to doing the work that Delhi's doing, don't get me wrong, I appreciate it. But if you had someone that could actually do that portion of things, it wouldn't. You wouldn't look at Ph was my man of the match. Shocker. Um, and, and the reason why is because he was fucking everywhere. Because yeah. he's always fucking everywhere. And the thing is, is that you want to talk about sacrificing Skip, and I appreciate that. You know, playing them together is too defensive. I disagree. The reason why is because you need that pairing to fuck shit up in the middle when you're playing Premier League sides. But what you have to do is when the ball actually goes offensively, you can't have Delhi standing on the touchline holding up play because then you're asking too much of Skip and Hoybier instead of getting that ball forward as it should have been in the outlet and moving the offense. Like, and that I I just I can't put that on Skip and Hoybier because you you need them to do what they do, which is make Dyer and Sanchez look like a, a fucking competent center back pairing right now. But does but does the Whoa. insertion of of someone like Giovanni Lacelso or God forbid Tonki Ndombele into this midfield for one of those two guys does that change things? For one of those two guys, I mean, yes, for, of course, for, 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 for or Skip. So here's the thing: if you, I wouldn't put 
Like, I don't think that you can go Tongi for Skip. You can absolutely go Geo for Skip. But I think you'd have to go Tongi for Delhi because I I don't necessarily know that it, that I can regularly defend on Tongi to do the type of defensive work that we require out of that position. I I think that's also, I think that's fair. But 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 also if you're sorry, Scott, I think that's fair. But also right. if you are no, if you're going to have more than sixty percent of the ball like you did for for large portions of this match, why do hmm. you need? so much defensive work to be done. Because you're not playing fucking Watford every week, Andrew. Oh, I know that, but I'm saying in a match like this against Watford, or when they go to play Crystal Palace in a few weeks, or when they're playing Norwich or... Hey, don't sleep on Palace. They can... I'm I'm just saying, when they're not playing Manchester City or... You know, I thought they would have more possession when they played Wolves, to be frank with you. But they they didn't, and they played that more conservative type of counter-attacking ball but when they do have the possession like they did against a team like Watford or we also haven't conceded a goal man right but but right but we've scored three in three honestly I and and sorry I've just been like I'm jumping in here I but I it transitions really well into what I wanted to say was just that when I'm when I'm talking about like why are we talking about a back three it's not it's not the back four I'm looking at at all like whatever it's just it's just the whole the whole of the entire thing right now that I'm very worrisome to disrupt and it's because it's of that how it double changes, pivot and, it, and it's how it it's changes because of that field. double pivot exactly yeah, it's how, it's this, how it exactly. changes like, and that's why we I cannot disrupt that double Dakota. pivot right now yeah exactly so we loop it all back right and we're all on the same page here but I just I I cannot disrupt that pairing because Skip and Hoybier. I don't think we realize how good of a pairing that is. And we do, right? But I just don't think we fully understand the gravity of how good those two are going to be together. Um, and I and I have to say, PEH, easily a shot for the man of the match. The 91st minute, he made this most incredible tackle and then flipped the ball over somebody to Lucas. He, like, did, like, like a scoop pass up to Lucas. It was, a, it was ballsy and, frankly, like, unnecessary and, like, oh, shit, don't do that. But it was beautiful. And I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Keep doing and that. And his haircut was clean today. Oh uh, yeah, clean. dude. But him and Sanchez were both immense. It's a huge portion of why we're doing so well. But I think, you know, on to, back to not disrupting that double pivot. We're not scoring goals, but outside of or sorry, yes, we're not scoring goals. We're not conceding goals, but outside of that one Adama chance that he fluffed, like we're not. No one's getting opportunities to score goals right now at all. You know, other than that, Adama had that maybe two chances. One of them was glaring, and he should have buried it. But nonetheless, we are not allowing our opposition to even get sniffs right now it's very impressive um it's it like, really it's really like is one impressive. it's like one good chance a game and yeah. i back hugo to make one good save a game minute yeah. so totally. yeah and, totally. and to that point and i think that you know once we get out of august for harry uh and uh once we're uh once we actually get <laughs> once we actually get the offense firing uh in, in, above and beyond sun um, I, I think that we're, I don't know, man, if it's not broke, don't fix it and, and rely on, uh, one of, uh, the best strikers in the world, if not the best striker in the world to, to get hot. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. By the way, Harry broke that hoodoo like two years ago or, and, and I think last season as well. Like, he, well, of course, that's why I said it. It was obviously tongue in cheek here. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, did anyone see the sun interview really quick? After the game? I did. And yeah. I, Andrew, yeah. I'll ask you a question for fuck's sake. It's your turn, all right? Go ahead. Uh, that that <laughs> Sun interview, he, I'm being an ass right now, but I think there's an actual question here. Right now? So I am. I'm always, <laughs> right? But there's an actual question here for you, and I'm going to give you the shit question. But Sun, Sun says, you know, Sun was asked the question, how are you enjoying all this newfound responsibility as, yeah. like, kind of the talisman, right? And he said, well, it's been great. Um you know, I'm one of the older guys now, and he says, myself, Hugo, and Eric have really stepped up and led this team, you know, in a roundabout way. Doesn't mention our U23 striker, Harry Kane. What do you make of that? Uh, I, I make of it that Sonny's aware of what's happened in the last two, three months. Sure. Is that um, oversight, though, or is, is that, like, by design? No, I think it's, clear, purpose, I, no, it's clearly yeah. by design. And Sonny yeah. is, Sonny's a smart guy, and he's a humble guy. And he he's not going to come right out and say, yeah, I'm 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 taking over a lot of the leadership responsibilities in this in this dressing room. He's not going to say that. 
but yeah. in, but in a way he kind of said that um and i think he also would know you know not just not just recognizing the the awkwardness of that is harry kane but i think he's also subtly recognizing the awkwardness that is hugo Lloris and that he's in the last year of his deal and and probably his last year with spurs would in, in all likelihood so i i don't think there's any question that sunny is is taking over as you know whatever you want to call it talisman he's, leader vice captain he's also- He's also the captain of his country. And he's 29 yeah. years old and he's a man and he's a fucking baller. And he's, he's like, you know what? At soccer. It, yeah, he really truly is amazing at soccer. I, I put out a tweet today that just said our number seven because, like, that guy is just, we're so lucky to have him. I truly, yeah. truly believe $22 that. million dollars we paid for that fucking guy. Right. And he feels lucky to be part of Spurs. And, and, and he makes that felt. And I think that makes us love him that much more. That and he continues to score goals. So um, as long as as long as that keeps going on three or how many, how many appearances in 200 games in the Premier League for, yeah. for Son today? Yep. That's that's special. That's special right. for us. And so. and another and another match winner for him. Uh, I think that's a good place to uh, to, to call halftime because he, he's he, Sonny scored right before halftime. And it, it kind of sparked the rest of, of the way for, for Spurs against Watford today in a one nil victory. Uh, we'll come back and, and throw some more love on this team and then uh, talk about some of the other familiar faces that we saw today, which was was very interesting, and, and a look ahead as well to the end of August, which is upon us, and, of course, the closing of a transfer window. We'll do all that right after this. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, here, joined by a full house Scott Shuban, Dakota, and Todd all with me. And uh, it was a full house almost, it looked like, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today. It was, it was a good crowd, and they got to see uh, two former Spurs, Danny Rose, who, who was on the bench for Watford, and Musa Sissoko, who started for Watford. And what's <laughs> weird about this is, if you would have asked us uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we would have said, uh, yeah, Musa Sissoko, he's probably going to end up being sold to, in, to, you know, maybe to a team in France or something uh, you know, I think Bordeaux was heavily linked uh, earlier in the window, but you know they'll sell him uh, by the end of the window, I'm sure. And then Friday, Saturday rolls around, and he's sold to Watford, and then he's in the starting eleven against Spurs come Sunday, which is kind of bizarre. It's not every day you see something like that happen. Um, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo said after the match that he had no problem with it because Musa Sissoko was not involved in any preparation for the Watford match which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really shows kind of how far he's fallen off of the map at Spurs and, and how they had every intent to sell him. Um, we also saw quotes earlier this week I thought that I thought were kind of funny out of Joe Hart, uh, you know, s- saying similar things about, you know, I was never in the plans there and was told I was never going to kick a ball for Spurs again. So uh, that's why he went and, you know, he went and fucked right off to Scotland. So um and it I was all Paratici. It wasn't even Nuno, I don't think. I think it was all Paratici that just came yeah. in and said, get the fuck out of our club. Yeah, he said that the only conversation that Nuno had with him was the one that told him that he was needed to find a new job in two weeks. Yeah. Dude, um, I, I, I need I will, to meet Paratici. That guy just seems like... Just yeah, dude, that guy's a beast. So, like, like, a, like a killer, like a stone-cold killer. I want to <laughs> give a shout to Cody Mack on Twitter for the tweet today that says... Hearing from sources that Spurs put a clause in the Sissoko deal mandating that he started today, Paratici Masterclass. Well, what's funny is we did see from Sissoko some, I mean, we saw him get a ball right at the right at the edge of the 18 and sky it into Rosette. I mean, oh, uh, well, hey, Tony Gale, um, who was the, the color commentator, is a former hammer on, on Peacock today, is, is really shit. But the funniest line that he had today was uh, in saying, he was like, you know, it's a pretty big stand here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so I'm not sure if that quite hit Rosed, but uh, it was the lower yeah. Rosed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was quite the accomplishment. We also saw him nearly take out his former, even though brief boss Nuno Espirito Santo, with an uh, an errant ball after it had trickled over the touchline and and drilled him with it. It looked like in the chest, and and then immediately ran over and and wanted to make sure everything was okay and kind of apologized. Um, but it was, it, it was interesting the the way that, that Sissoko jumped right in for Watford. And, and when we, when we previewed the game with, with Mike from voices, of the Vic, uh, earlier in the week, you know, he kind of said their midfield is, is where they're going to have some problems. Now, I don't know how much Musa Sissoko improves that, 
Uh, but I guess if you're if you're talking about Musa Soko improving your midfield, that really proves Mike's point that he was trying to make on our preview pod. So, um, Dakota, what did you make of seeing Musa Sissoko wearing the yellow and black today? It was kind of odd, right? Um, I mean, it fits him nicely. It's fine. Uh, I'm really glad that he he was the Musa that we know and love rather yeah. than, you know, the the Musa that everyone feared we were going to see, which was, you know, a 10 out of 10 winner at the death type of thing. Um, yeah. When team news yeah, came it, out, that was certainly the fear. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, here we go. Uh, but nope, we get the, you know, same old Musa that we love who kicks balls out of stadiums and tries to hit the moon and uh, you know, runs over people. And uh, it was interesting to me that, uh, you know, Oliver skip got a yellow for a tackle on Musa and Musa got a yellow for a tackle on Skip, I believe. Yeah. And it's just that was an interesting bit to me of, you know, here's Pretty the funny. 20 year old kid that is Took the reason job. that you're not around anymore. And, uh, you know, you're a 30 year old man going after him, but whatever. So, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, mentioned this comment by Jonathan Veal. So, yeah. I don't know. So, the thing is, we. So D won't do a bad British accent and um, TC will do a bad British accent. So I will actually do it because I've actually got a British accent. But I can't do the squeaky high voice that Jonathan Veal does. So this is from Jonathan Veal. That's for selling me. Sissoko blasts the ball at Nuno from close range after he shepherd out of play. Definitely not intentional because if it was, he would have missed. <laughs> it's so true. Which sums up Musa Sissoko's game today, uh, you know, to the delight of... Uh, of our result but obviously we want to wish Musa well great servant to the club yeah gave his all for the badge and so for those for those of you mm-hmm. around so my mate was at Mike Chris was at the ground and um both Musa and Danny Rose got to do a lapse of honors and so Danny Rose's mum would often come to the coaching horses when Danny Rose was playing and her and her, her and her husband would come over and I think she might have been at the coach today as well obviously this is one of the very few, you know, few games that obviously you know obviously this like you know, games, you know, Danny's been playing at White Hart Lane again. So it was kind of nice for Danny to say goodbye. And I was actually at the Lamex when the, uh, the Spurs U23s are playing. Danny Rose was there, Stevenage to Hertfordshire to, to Watford's about a 25-minute drive. And he turned up. He was talking with a lot of the younger Spurs players, giving them advice. He is a really good egg. He's Danny Rose's problem is that he's always been very straightforward. He's a very he's a Yorkshireman. That's what they're famous for. And you either like it or you don't. And um, clearly, Jose didn't like it, and so that's why he phased them out. And um, yeah, and like I said, I, and I think Danny Rose, his time had come at the club anyway. Yeah. But for me, you know, I'm not when I, when I when I saw Danny, I said, you know what? Thank you for giving me the best birthday you ever gave me. You can ever give anyone, you know when you're in your first match for Spurs and he was like he gave me a little bit of a smile a bit of a known grin and he went back to his conversation and that's what that's what Danny Rose is like and so to say him say goodbye and Musasoko the fact that when he blasted I think I don't know with the first Musasoko when he blasted it over when he blasted it at Nuno there was a Musasoko chant yeah. and that's what you want you don't want former players being burned it's always very classy and that's what Spurs are about yeah. unlike that's a certain right. club from um, West London well, I think when he blasted it over over the net, I think it was a little wry, like, you know, oh, we're going to chant your name because you just massively fucked up on an opportunity for, for your team to score. But but at the same time, it was it was still kind of nice to to see those guys get the reception that they did. Um, and obviously, as you said, do the lap of honor um, and, and the like. And, and, and two guys that are, you know, that are beloved at Spurs and, and hopefully always will be. Um, I don't think there's any, any question about that. I know that I know that Scott loves Musa Sissoko and, and has a lot to say about Musa Sissoko. I do, man. It's tough because he's been a mess. Um, I love the guy. And I just, I, you know, the, the, the rumors that, that he was a huge part of some locker room issues last year and, all of that, man. It's just it's a bummer because I do love Sissoko. And and I will say, I'm I appreciate, you know, how everybody treated him when he left because 1819, he was our player of the season and we went to the Champions League final that year. And that can't be overlooked, but man, he needed to go. So Sissoko, I love you. I did meet you in Los Angeles and had a wonderful conversation, and I'll always appreciate that. 
but good luck at Watford because Oliver's kid needs to play. Well, Sissoko, I don't know if he's going to be the last outgoing transfer for Spurs this window, but the window does close on Tuesday, and that's kind of where we wanted to you know, wrap today. Um, I guess, I guess what is next for this team in terms of tweaking things? Do we, do we expect much other action uh, in, in the final, I don't want to say, is it 48 hours or so that we have left to, to make moves? I mean, what, what do we, what do we see coming guys? Surgery. I think, I think it's kind of, sorry, sorry. So I think it's, as I said, I think it's about who's leaving and then therefore who creates a vacancy rather than, Who's coming in? If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's Serge Aurier leaving. Uh, he's there's there's links. I don't know. Uh, Dakota has has a, a differing opinion on this, but there are links right now with Lille, um, and you know, just any opportunity to ship him. He's the last one for me that I really want to see go. If does does open up opportunity for us to bring somebody else in, that would be fantastic. I don't know. I'd love to see a legitimate right back. I'd love to see. Um, Emerson come across the line. I'd love to see mm-hmm. uh, Mariba come across the line, which they both look close. Um, but I would also love to see a backup striker. I would love to see or another striker. I would love that very much. So I, I don't know if that's in the cards, but um, you know, I, I, I'd love to see Aurier leave, and I, at least Aurier leave, and uh, maybe Harry Winks. He could go too. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Paratici is really trying to get Serge Aurier uh, to leave, and that's evidenced by him offering him to Barcelona. Uh, if you if you <laughs> if you've got the confidence to offer Serge Aurier to Barcelona, man, you want that guy gone, and you do not <laughs> care where he goes. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know a move to Lille would be great, especially if Zeki Celik ends up moving on. Um, kind of the issue with that is Serge Aurier grew up playing for RC Lawn and that's kind of Lille is their big rival. So uh could be a sticky situation there, but I like Fabio Paratici don't care where Sergio goes as long as it's somewhere. Um and I think you know what we were seeing from Paratici so far is based on who he's sold and shipped off is a real clearing of the wage bill. Um, which I think is an issue because if that guy comes in and says, oh man, you're paying these guys too much money. Uh, that's a huge issue because he gave Aaron Ramsey 300 grand a week. So uh, hopefully he's con- going to continue to get that uh, under control. I don't, I would be, I would say kind of surprised if we bring anybody in, in these next couple of days. Um, but I think January will be busy much to the chagrin of uh, Steve yeah, Steve of Steve Hitchin. I think he's going to have to do a little work in January, but hopefully he just sucks it up and we're better for it. Um, Cause I think, you know, maybe we're looking for, for fees that are a little high for what people are wanting to pay. And typically in January, those prices are a little bit lower. So um, especially surge, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. I don't think anybody's going to bid for him. So I think he can be signed somewhere for free in January and just be on his way. But yeah, I'd love, like Todd said, uh, like Andrew said, would love to, to see a right back come in uh, just for depth because it seems like the Tamayasu thing, you know, has kind of died down, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm curious about that. Um because at the lot. beginning of the window, that was like the the stone cold lock. The like this was going to be our one, first yeah. signing, and now it's just it, we've reached the nearly end, and and nothing's come of it. Might not happen. It seems a little bizarre to me, is all. And especially if you if you're going in if you're going in to the the bulk of the Premier League season with only Jaffa Tanganga, who I keep reminding people is not a true right back, even though he's playing it fairly well, and Matt Doherty, who is not a true anything in my mind. Um, that's, that makes it kind of tough. And, and I'm by hey, all due respect a, to our Irish listeners right now. He is their starting right back. So yeah, well, they're, they're upset about that too. That. So. Yeah. They're not happy about it either. And I'm biased because Dude. I'm a right back, like right back to my favorite position on the pitch. Pe- many people know this. Like I, I want us to see, see us have a, a really good right back. And I don't know that we do. We definitely we don't. We That's because we don't. We have one. It's Tanganga. What the yeah, fuck are you guys talking he's not about? A, he's not a true right back. 
I don't give a shit. And his end product playing it great. And so, like, yes. Uh, I thought the Tanganga today in, in, in the match against Watford, I thought he actually got into a lot of good positions and made some good runs, but the end product is not there. No, he's it's learning. A, He'll it's figure it point. out. It's a good, and He'll I like the out. interplay that they're doing along the wing there and utilizing and, his natural abilities. So and Sonny cited, well, in his interview, he cited, you know, a little bit of chemistry building between him and Jaffa Tanganga over in there on the right hand side, too. So I'm all for that, man. I do have a quick question, though. What the fuck is Steve Hitchens' role? Like, what does that guy actually do now? Because we're talking about January, and remember, Kane said, I'm not leaving the summer. Be careful. I'm no, just kidding. It's not going That's a whole anywhere. other conversation. I know, I know. But uh, but on Hitchin, what what is his job pencils. now? He's sharpening pencils. He's a, a, uh, well, assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, he's like, it, <laughs> that video of him and Paratici on the sideline, Hitchens was just like looking at Paratici and doing what he did. It was like, I don't know. It was uncomfortable. And I, don't, I don't know what that guy does. I mean, he, he, he just really wants to be Paratici, I think. I, well, hey, listen, dude. If you're if you're Steve Hitchin and you're tasked with you know this is what this is your job, and a guy like Paratici, that's because I'm what his fuck his name is, uh, comes in and, and uh, is clearly better at the job that you have than you are. Clearly, like like I, Scott, yes. you've been in that role in business where like somebody comes in and you're just like, oh shit. Well, there's a reason why you're who you are, and, and I can learn some things from you. Like I really feel like Steve Hitchens is kind of doing a little like. Like, like, kind of lapdog routine a little bit right now yeah. because he recognizes okay. that he can become a better Steve Hitchin by doing so. Totally, man, and and obviously, like, I'm asking these questions in a fun way for dramatic effect for for entertainment, right? But I totally agree with you. Like, I am all for, but but I I'm all for him learning from somebody who's clearly very good at what they do, right? Um, it's not going to be a bad thing for the club to have someone who can can follow suit and add to whatever we're doing, you know, uh, as far as the, 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 the football operations of the club go. So, um, but I, I do, I do think we, we just have to look at how, how much of an impact this guy's had players he's gotten out players he's brought in what he's doing to the, you know, the inner workings of the club. And I think maybe that's why, like back to my little shithouse intro with the popping of the Briante here is that, I, it just feels, yes, we have not won the league and we have a lot of work to do, right? I even said in the show, a fight for top four is where we need to be, right? Yeah. But it feels different right now because there is this cohesion, there is this togetherness. And we actually, for the first time in a long fucking time, like even under Pache, I never felt this way. I know like what we're trying to do from a football perspective, because even under Pache, we weren't signing people. We were just... Pot always had his guys that he didn't want to do dirty and was super close with. And it was always just kind of whatever, but we have a very clear definitive direction right now. And it's fucking exciting. So come on, you fucking Spurs. We're top of the table. Arsenal's at the fucking bottom. Who? Never heard of them to be honest, but the championship will suit them. Well, they'll be able to rebound and rebuild and, um, you know, get their feet set. And meanwhile, we'll just win the fucking premier league. The, the relegation parte videos that were going around yesterday. Dude, that was so fucking hilarious. They'll probably pull a relegation. and come right back up. Because that's what yeah, it is. Man. No, you know no, what? here's the thing. They've never been in the second division. For anybody who never. knows anything about these teams. Yeah, well, that's what that, what they, well they should have been in the they, Premier League started. Been, but it was, they, yes. Henry Norris did, did some really dodgy exactly. shit back in the day. Yeah. How much would that mean, Shubon, to people in, in Tottenham to see them go down? It's, uh, Guys, calm okay, down. it's a, bit of a weird one. They so, suck. They're really bad. You know what? I don't think you know this, but there's, I think it's Hamburg. Hamburg had this clock for years. I was saying they've never been relegated ever. So they just thought of how many years they'd been in in the top top flight and everything. And obviously they got relegated. That all went to shit. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. There are two two teams that have never been relegated from the top flight. Once they they made their their top flight, they've never been relegated. They have been in the lower divisions before, technically. But here's the thing. It's a bit of a weird one because you kind of want Arsenal around to so say you can beat the shit out of them kind of thing. Yep. yep. But mm-hmm. at, the same, at the same time, it would be absolutely hilarious because they've spent £150 million. I mean, there was a guy, they were talking about, was it Conte and whoever? I think someone, I think Todd might have, might have done this actually. I think Lucien Favre or some, some, some guy was, some coach licked him 
And the coach of Borussia Dortmund or whatever said, no, this is nothing to do with me. I'm not, I'm not going to coach Arsenal. Todd, was it Todd? Todd, can you, can you, can you expand on that? Because your story is a lot better than mine. Seriously. No, no, no. That was Scott. Go ahead, Scotty. Wait, me? I was, I was not paying attention. Oh, no, no. About the, uh, the coach from Borussia Dortmund coming out. Oh, like, today. This is nonsense. Yeah. Oh no, that that was for a transfer rumor. There, like, basically, somebody said, "Why would why are we selling, or why would they ever sell Axel Witzel for five million dollars?" And the coach responded on the Twitter post and said, "Yeah, this is not true. We're not no, we're not selling him." <laughs> no, I, it's I, fucking I, no, amazing. I asked for the for the local effect, Shubon, just because I, I mean I understand you, you would, want him around okay. so you can beat him, but at the same point in time, like the spammers are. The, the spammers are doing just fine. Chelsea just won in Champions League. Like we've got plenty of folks it's, to be rivals. No, no, but but... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you understand that literally they are literally three miles down the road yeah, from where we are in Seven Sisters. Um, them coming up, taking our, you know, literally trying to march in our, you know, have march in still on our patch was always a bit of a contentious thing. I mean, so if those of you who've never driven past, then don't, obviously I don't think you have driven. Maybe maybe Scotty might have done. But if you ever, I've actually drove past the Emirates Stadium and I had no idea it was even there. I was driving to Hollow Road to go to some bar and I had no idea the Emirates had passed it until I saw it. I had no idea because it's a, it's a bit of a shithole. And um, yeah, no, that, I've been there before. I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a weird place too. It's like I don't know, whatever. Fuck that well, place. Well, you know, well, little team, dude. Weird little team. They moved, yeah. they, they moved. They moved from the original Highbury to what became what was Ashburton Grove. I mean. As a fan who lives here, it will be hilarious because none of my Arsenal mates have been piping up. They've all been very, very quiet as mouse. I mean, one of my well, friends, a good friend of our good friend of ours at Clay Winstead, he was like, yeah. so he, was, he was trying to say like, this is, this is what, what, what it was like in the nineties when Arsenal were great and Tottenham was shit. I said, not really, no, because Arsenal back then won titles. We haven't won anything yet, so yeah, yeah sure. And like, Clay's like, no, don't don't fuck in their own banter. And I was like, no, I'm just saying. So we can't banter it. We can't really banter because they've won titles. They've had their invincibles, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But for them to get relegated because they've spent all this money. I mean, I think, I think, I think Todd, I think Todd, you might have tweeted it. They spent more money than Man United. And yeah, who bought money Baran, in the world. Sancho. Yeah, the entire and, planet. Um, and so all the humans. And yeah, they, they are bottom of the league. For me, I was saying, I'm like, no. We want to stay for at least another three, four more games. We need. I want years. to stay because I years, want. To, I, I would months. love to be. I would love to be at that stadium when they start singing. We want you to stay. We want you to stay, Mikel Arteta. We want you to stay. Honestly, you players. Oh, go ahead, Todd. Sorry. Have, oh, I was just going to say the, yeah. the team meets. Well, and honestly, yeah, and, and that 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 pairs well with what I was going to say is that some teams are just well suited to bounce back and forth between the first and second division. And that's okay. You know, like some teams just need, need to be able to bounce back and forth and that's their brand. That's their business model. And Arsenal can do that. We saw this West Brom. They had the quality. That's because they had a Bamiyang and blah, blah, whatever. But do you think that was their under 23s? Yeah. But a Bamiyang is not going to stick around. A Bamiyang, I I will honestly, I'll put dollars to diners on this. He will literally, I don't think he'll go on strike or anything. But he will not lift a finger this season. Yeah, yeah. Because there is no way there is no way they're going to get in the Champions League. Clearly, Champions League that that's what they want to get back to. They are clearly not going to be in the top four. It's already done Champions for them. Champions. Yeah, top four is already, already over done for them. They're, they're already twelve. Yeah, they could be twelve points, six to fifteen points behind. So Champions League is completely out of the question for them. So if you've got players like Lacazette, Aubameyang. They had decent players, but they're going to think, no, I'm just not going to bother. I am not going to yeah. bother trying. And to see what happened to them, to see, I've never seen Arsenal players down tools. But when I when I when I looked at Xhaka yesterday, now I don't want to defend Xhaka, but or you know, obviously I, I like that he was sent off. But when you look at that, it's a two-footed challenge. But do you even need to make it? You're not in a fair position. You don't need to make that two-footed challenge. And do you know what? Yesterday I was watching the game. I, I just muted my BT Sport and I kept flicking between Troops TV and Arsenal Fan TV as my as my play-by-play. Because it was just... But you know what? After a while, it just becomes sad because, you know what? I want a team... I want my local rival to be someone I can think... Do you know, when I beat them, I've beaten a good side. You know? And 
I just don't see that, and I, I don't feel sorry for them because they, they you know, fuck it, the shoe's on the other foot. They be laughing at us all the time. I, I want our listeners. Time. I want our listeners to know that we had a pre-show talk about how how we weren't going to discuss the the, the Arsenal um, at all, <laughs> podcast, pod, and we've just done it for a solid ten, me, ten minutes. Um, Here's the we, thing: we, I don't care if we ever play them in the league again. Yep. Same. Oh no, no 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 no! It's like it's like you being from Virginia nope. and not playing Tennessee or something and whatever sports you don't play. I don't play care. I don't care. <laughs> Oh right, God, let's let's get this thing back on track. Dog. We're heading into an international break. Uh, no game next weekend. Spurs' next uh, match is against Crystal Palace on September the 11th. That is a Saturday. And uh, so we have a little bit of time now to watch some international football, which I know we're all very excited about. Um, and Spurs, some Spurs players will be heading off on international duty. Some even after they were told that they shouldn't be heading off on international duty because they're going to be going to Argentina. Giovanni Lo Celso and Christian Romero are telling uh, the club basically, "Fuck you, I do what I want," and they're going to go apparently to international duty. So that will be interesting. That we'll have to see how that works itself out. Um, it sounds like the base, the British Lions, when they came back. They were told to quarantine in a, in a government government hotel. You don't get to pick your hotel. You can't like decide, I'm going to go to the Four Seasons or the Mandarin Oriental. The government picked the hotel you go to. So they're going to be spending 10 days in a shitty, shitty hotel sure. well, with every other hopeloy that, that has to spend that time in there. And to totally fair, once I think that, once that, once that, that, that picture is saying, by the way, you're not going to be standing in a nice suite. You'll be standing in some really, really shitty, not, not, not just, Shitty hotel room, shitty food as well. Okay, I think their desire to want to go abroad will be severely, severely tested. Okay, personally, I think there's a lot to happen. Who knows? Maybe Spurs will do some deal where they say, do you know what? Um, when they come back, we'll pick them up from the airport. They'll be isolated and they'll go to the Spurs Lodge. Blah blah blah. But for that to happen, that would risk a firestorm because people coming back into this country, especially from red list countries or countries which are a threat of covid they are being told no you have to go into this hotel you've got to spend this much amount of money yeah. and people complain about the shitty food they've got well you chose to go away you should hotel you chose to go away so i think i'm not saying they won't go away because south americans love their country i mean i'm not saying i don't love my country but i'm saying they have this real yeah. passion and pride especially when you moved abroad as well they also just want a Copa. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's They're massive. riding that high. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. massive. And I, I think the biggest thing that – I'm just going to speak objectively here. Like Todd said, they totally are riding a high of a major international tournament. They want to play for Argentina. I get it, right? They're craving it. But Romero and Los Celso have to remember they're on the fringes right now. And Romero just got here, so that's not a knock on him, right? But, like, they just need to understand if they choose to do this, they will – can they will basically continue to like push themselves deeper into the fringes of the squad right now and i think that's what it's going to come down to are you prepared to do that for your country probably so but i think objectively speaking it will impact them if they choose to do this the final for argentina though so i mean that is something you have to consider they're legitimate um, starters yeah, in the first totally. on that team. yeah and they're for sure and they're probably going to they're probably going to miss three games when they get back they're going to yeah, miss. Patrick, they're going to miss the yeah. first game of the Conference League, and probably going to miss Chelsea too. Exactly. Yeah, just kind of get pushed further down is my concern, right? Yeah. So I'm saying the team players, the ones that play in France and Spain, they don't have the same restrictions. So they're looking mm-hmm. at, oh my god, I don't want to lose my place to X Y Z in the Argentinian squad. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can see, I can see, I can see the argument for it, but I do yeah. think once they realise they're going to. You, are, I mean, literally, I'm talking like a shitty travel lodge, a shitty Premier Inn. Do you know what I mean? I mean, a really <laughs> shitty Premier Inn travel lodge. And that's where you're going to be staying in. So trust me, you really don't want to be doing that. But you know what? Unless unless, the, unless those hotel chains want to sponsor us. Otherwise, those are lovely facilities that we, <laughs> yep. that we don't, don't call those words. Um, yep. that's, 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 it's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. And it's going to be... Um, you know, oh. look, I, I'm not a big fan of international football. I'm, I'm much more in favor of, of club football. And the fact that there's an international break after three weeks of the season is a little weird. Um, but, you know, we'll take a weekend and and not watch any Spurs, which is a little disappointing. Uh, we're not taking a weekend, though. We will be back 
next weekend to kind of wrap up the transfer window. Uh, we'll do a little bit of that. Um, you know, we'll talk, uh, you know, we might talk a little bit of international football here and there, but we're certainly going to be back next weekend uh, with a pod for your ears. Uh, even though there is no game to talk about, uh, there's always Spurs to talk about, and that's what we love to do here. Uh, so we will be able to do that. Um, keep an eye out as well on our social media at Tottenham Depot on Twitter. Um, some interesting stuff uh, in the works that we're, we're trying to trying to get going some cross promotional stuff with some folks uh, for this week. Keep an eye out for that as well. Um, this has been a fun one, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, logging on and, and, and chatting my ear off about Arsenal for 15 minutes when I didn't really want to hear about that club. I really enjoyed that segment. <laughs> Hope the listeners did as well. Um, you can follow Todd at TC underscore show as he shakes his head at me. You can follow Dakota <laughs> at Dakota J Booth. You can follow Shuban at the real Shuban. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. You can follow me at a Stetkin. Again, follow our Twitter account at Tottenham Depot. Shout out to all the folks uh, as well in Louisiana and the southeast part of the country mm-hmm. dealing with Hurricane Ida right now. Uh, our thoughts are with all of you. I uh, hope you're getting through things well. Hope you're looking out for your neighbors when you're able to as well. Uh, that is a scary situation for, for folks down there. And uh, we just we hope uh, everyone is doing their best and getting through the rough weather. Uh, we will be back with you, as I said, next week uh, to talk about this transfer window that is I think it's got the potential to be really, really good. Already, it's been pretty good. I think it's got the potential here in the final 48 hours. If some more things can be done, a little a few more tweaks, we'll see uh, how it turns out. But until then. I've been your host, Andrew, for Scott, Shuban, Todd, and Dakota. Uh, This has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. Tell a friend. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Top of the league, boys. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>